1: Now here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys' lane. Santa Claus, got and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. <laughs> Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe, oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk, KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. Now here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back and it is time for a special signing day edition of Bosco's Boys as we inch closer to the Pop-Tarts Bowl and the big day on the 25th Christmas. But before we get there, there's a lot of presents who are Signing their name on the dotted line. Actually, they all did it in record time. I think this is the earliest signing day has ever been completed for K-State since I've been following it. And I thought to myself, okay, I, I could get on someone who covers recruiting for their job, or I could try to talk about it myself. But I was like, no, the boneheads deserve something better. So I reached out and I said, who is the most attractive, smartest man at K-State football? And Connor Riley didn't want to talk to me. So I said, I'm going to go find Chuck Lilly, the director of scouting, officially a recurring guest now here at Bosco's Boys. We're going to talk through signing day. We're going to touch on everyone who signed. We're going to talk about class composition, anything you guys could want. The director of scouting himself is here to talk with you guys. Chuck, welcome back. It's been a whirlwind morning. Uh, When you and I first started talking about this, you're like, yeah, it should be done by 10. Well, everything except for, you know, the uh, Las Vegas boy himself was done like before 8 a.m. It seemed like it was a fast and furious morning. Did you wake up like a kid on Christmas today?
0: I did. Yeah, no, it's uh, first off, good to be back. Scott, appreciate you having me on here again. Uh, But yeah, no, we were up. uh, I think everyone was up around five o'clock this morning to get into the building between 530 and 545. Um, you know, we had our first couple of signings at, at uh, six o'clock and, and those guys were up and ready to go. Um, and, and like you talked about, we were uh, we were done pretty early and we had one uh, last one uh, to finish up in Vegas on, on West Coast time. But um, smooth sailing this morning. It was great.
1: Also, uh, a lot of love. And this is also, you know, a Super Bowl for creatives and graphics, folks, the all aboard theme with the trains. Uh, I loved the videos, love the graphics. I, I saw the pictures of you guys slapping up the tickets up on the wall. Um, you know, how how much of a fame were you of that? And and are you do you get into that as much as the fans? Or are you just hey all business as usual
0: uh, and, and all that? No, it's it's a lot of fun for us to kind of sit around and brainstorm. Um, you know, I think Taylor Bratt was probably the first one that mentioned it. I, I know that there was the uh, the old hype video. Um, you know, with crazy train in the background. Um, So that was kind of where the idea, uh, you know, originated probably around this time last year, as we were starting to think forward. Um, But shout out to our uh, creative team and everybody that was involved, um, putting this thing together, Uh, you know, aesthetically, it was it was awesome. The videos were great. Uh, The graphics were great. I I think everything came together really well uh, and fit the theme. Yeah,
1: and then I also saw the packages that went to the signees. You know, they open it up, get glitter bombed. They have the stickers and all that type of stuff. You guys do everything first rate. Um, Before we talk more about signing day, you you mentioned the old hype videos. Have you gone back on YouTube and seen some of those, you know, glorious early days of CGI, late 90s, early 2000s, crazy train
0: videos? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny because I I went back and rewatched it this morning. And, um, you know, the first time that we talked about that, Uh, old train video uh, like you mentioned with the you know really early stages of CGI being used there um, it kind of was really similar to um, the video that that we put out in terms of that train going through the tunnel and and having the highlights playing on the the side of the carts Um, so really really cool way to modernize uh, something that I think the fans can connect with and a little bit nostalgic and also kind of taking it into the future with this new signing class. Yeah, I absolutely love it.
1: Let's talk about the signing class. Um, The first thing I want to ask, because especially in the last handful of years when the NCAA has gotten rid of like the 25 counter rule, we'll see today, you know, some programs signing 30, 33 kids, Uh, you know, again, it used to be, hey, you're signing 25, you know, on the old NCAA football games, you're signing 25 guys, whether you want 25 guys or not. That's just how it, it used to go. Uh, Only 15, I believe it's 13 high school, two JUCO guys. At what point when you guys are planning out your scholarship distribution, when you guys are planning out your recruiting class, did you realize, okay, hey, this is going to be a smaller class, so it's going to allow us to really hunt the top of the board the entire way?
0: I think we knew probably as early as last signing day, um, because last signing day was such a a large class in terms of high school and, and junior college guys that we signed, Um, so we knew that this class was going to be smaller. And then as you start looking at, um, you know, guys who were most likely heading towards, uh, you know, going to the NFL, you know, a la Cooper Beebe after the season, um, you you look at guys that, um, they're on their last year of college football and, and you know that, you know, those are guys that we're going to have to replace. We knew that we were going to have a smaller class. Um, we knew that some positions were, uh, you know, bigger needs than others. And so we started constructing uh, what we thought the numbers were going to look like for this class, started recruiting towards that. Um, and I think everything came together really nicely, even though, uh, you know, the number is smaller in, in 15 guys that I think the quality of players um, that we signed is is really, really high up there. Um, I know people have a, a large affinity for the class we signed a year ago on 23, um, you know, with, with some of the names that, that we had in that class. But you know, this class is is very special in its own right, and we're really excited about the future of this program with these guys coming into the fold. You mentioned that, and I'm going a little bit about,
1: uh, out of order than I, than I thought I would, but you mentioned uh the affinity for last year's class, which great class, not taking anything away from it. But I, I think where folks may kind of get seduced by the overall class ranking and all that type of stuff, when you drill down and look at the rating, and I know you guys don't, but this is for us dumb fans, uh, who aren't, you know, breaking down film and all that type of stuff. When you look at the average rating or the average score for these recruiting classes, I mean, they're both neck and neck and both of these classes are two of the highest rated uh, average recruit in the history of K-State football um, how pumped are you guys to kind of see that, uh, you know, lack of a better term elevation when it comes to the quality of guys you're bringing in? And then uh, do you guys kind of sit back and laugh when you see some fans melting down, arguing with other schools on Twitter about recruiting rankings when you're like, okay, you just need to take a look and see how good these guys really are.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's what it boils down to. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to, to watch all the banter take, take place back and forth uh, on social media, but, uh, you know, really at the end of the day, I think we know internally, uh, who we're getting and, and what we're getting. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think any of us really pay attention or care, um, to what, you know, rankings are saying, what this website or that website is saying. And, and I know that, you know, we have a couple of guys, um, you know, that cover this program that, that do a really good job. They work really hard and they care. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I think we have to, you know, know uh, what it is, you know, that K-State identifies with, you know, the type of player that's going to have success here. And those are the guys that we go after. And, um, you know, the guys that fit that mold that, that have the you know, most talent are the guys that we're going to try to sign. And it's, it makes for really good competitive signing classes each and every year. And whether that's reflected in rankings or not, you know, that's up to those industry members. Um, like I said, we could kind of care less about what their rankings of, of our classes are, because I think we have a really good idea of, of what those guys are going to do. Something that I've uh, ever
1: since, you know, Chris Klein and this staff has come in and you've been here as well that I've I've been uh, pleased with and something that I was like, all right, these guys know what they're doing are the camp offers. And then some of the senior tape guys that K-State comes in a little late on. Uh, you know, if you look at offers, maybe the big power fives offers aren't there, but then comes signing day when rivals win on three, when 247 looks at those senior tape, all of a sudden they have meteoric rises through their state rankings and, and through the you know the star process and all that. Um, how much does that say for you? Again, you, you're scouting. You're one of the guys looking at it. You can you can pop your own collar here a bit if you want, but uh, how much does it say about the folks inside that building and your guys' eye for talent and being able to see these guys compete, not only as underclassmen, but you know in the summer before their senior year and in that senior year that you guys can find those uh, prospects that then have that late boom when folks finally get eyes on them?
0: Yeah, you know, first off, it's it's a team effort. I mean, it, it's everybody involved in terms of the uh, the identification process, the evaluation process. But, um, you know, I, I think we can really hang our hat on what you talked about, which is, you know, evaluating guys, you know, in a camp setting, evaluating guys in their junior and in their senior year and, and not being too early to, to rush into things. Um, you know, there are Uh, players each and every year that are you know highly rated prospects because they were maybe a little bit bigger and a little bit faster at an early age um so they started getting offers and and you know along with those offers their their stock started to rise in terms of their uh social not social media but their industry rankings um and again i think if those guys are still good players um when we feel comfortable and, and ready to pursue them then uh you know that's great and um but a lot of times I think there are players that, you know, whether they let it get to their head or, or they're just, you know, a little bit ahead of the curve. And then they're not quite as, uh, you know, good, not quite as well-rounded as, as some people think they will be at an early age. Um, I think that's where we can hang our hat and, and know exactly what it is that we're getting when we have the full picture as a junior, when we have the full picture as a, a rising senior in a camp setting or, or a senior based off three, four or five games of film. Um, so everybody in here does a really good job evaluating all that, taking everything into account, uh, both on and off the field. And we're really proud of the process that, that we have in place, uh, feel really comfortable and really confident in how we go about it. Uh, and again, we know that we're getting the right guys here, uh, at the end of the day, when pen comes to paper and and it's signing day. Final thing
1: before we touch on the, the guys who put pen to paper, Um, We see it all throughout college football this time of year where a coach may leave and and you see exodus of class folks who who flip, who who decommit all that type of stuff. Um, You know, I think we're all going to miss Colin Klein, but what does it say about the entire coaching staff, everyone that is inside that building that no one wavered there, there was no drama. The only drama was manufactured by us fans ourselves uh, and every single guy, including a Colorado quarterback, we're going to talk about, hey, he was signing, you know, I think at 655 local time for him. He couldn't wait to be a Wildcat. So what does it say about the entire program and everyone inside that building that, hey, unlike other schools, one coach leaving isn't going to change our recruiting class?
0: Yeah, 100 percent. You know, first off. um, you know, I think all of us are going to miss Colin, both fans, uh, everybody here internally, um, you know, not because of of the coach that he was. Obviously, he was a great coach. He was a great coordinator. Uh, he was a great player uh, in his time. But the person that he was, um, you know, Colin, Colin's an exceptional person, salt of the earth, human being. And we're going to miss him dearly. But uh, this program is is more than just one person. And I think every single person inside this building knows that. Um, and every recruit um, that we signed today understands that as well and the relationships that that they forge uh, with everybody along the way during their process. Uh, when you lose a Colin Klein, um, they don't bat an eye. And while that's, you know, a, a difficult loss to, to overcome in, in some capacities from the relationship and the recruiting uh, perspective, uh, I don't think we ever had any hiccups and, and no one ever wavered so um you know all the best of coach klein and in his tenure at AM. but uh you know we're really excited about the guys that are coming in here and and i think they're excited about kansas state they're they're coming here because they want to play for kansas state not because of any one individual and
1: that that's what i love to hear i think in, in modern college football for us as fans it, it it's for for some schools i think it's lost that romanticism of hey Kids are coming for your school, that school that you went to, that school you've cheered for your entire life. And, uh, you know, it it warms my purple heart, uh, you know, at at this time of the year to to hear that said. And and I'm excited for these kids for part of that reason. I want to talk about uh, the guys that we'll we'll go through there. I want to start with Gus Hawkins. Um, Again, uh, a Kansas kid, and, and you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll save you know the big Kansas talks for the next time Taylor comes on. I don't want him to get mad at either one of us. Uh, but rated as the number one Kansas prospect by On Three, rated as a four star by Two Four Seven. Uh, he's just a mountain of a man. Um, again, it, it takes offensive lineman a while to get in, but, uh, what, what do you guys see from him? Again, I think he measured in at six seven two eight. He has a senior. Again, this is a, a man amongst boys already. And I can't wait to see what, you know, coach Riley coach true can do with a guy who's coming in with all that already.
0: Yeah. So Gus was a guy that, you know, he, he grew up in Scott city. So he was out West and then he moved over to, uh, uh mill valley and and obviously they have a great tradition great program at mill valley and um you know gus was a guy that we had our eyes on obviously uh very intriguing with his size um and we know his athleticism pops off pops off the tape um for the position that he plays you know you, you typically don't see guys um at that position let alone as as big as gus is um that can move and that can bend the way that gus can um so we were really excited about him um You know, we felt that Gus needed to uh, add a little bit of weight, and and he was so eager to earn that Kansas State offer that um, I think he put on 15 pounds in in a handful of weeks, um, you know, when we told him kind of where we were at and the things that we wanted to see him do. Um, So he came back, he earned that offer, and we worked with him at camp a couple of times, and uh, his athleticism pops off the tape, uh, you know, in a game setting. His athleticism stood out. Uh, at camp and and he's raw and he's got um, some things fundamentally that I think coach Riley is going to need to work with him on uh, but we couldn't be more excited about Gus uh, you know state champion uh, you know in state kid um, that's going to do things the right way and he couldn't be more bought in and, and those are the guys that we're going to have success with are the guys that are just dying to get to Kansas State.
1: I'd imagine the 15 pounds he puts on in a couple weeks are different than the 15 pounds I put on every couple weeks. So no yeah, yeah. <laughs> different than the 15 pounds you and I
0: put on at Christmas time right around now, right?
1: Definitely. Uh, the, the next one I'm going to talk about uh, again, uh, you know, Taylor Bratt special coming from Butler Community College, one of the uh, recent junior college commitments that K-State grabbed. And, and I think Uh, one that K-State fans are super impressed with, uh, rated as a four-star ESPN, also rated as the number two uh, 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 national JUCO defensive lineman, the number five-ranked JUCO uh, player altogether by ESPN inside the top 20 for 247 and rivals. That's Malcolm Alcorn Crowder. Um, I I haven't watched the press conference yet, but saw some stuff on Twitter about uh, Coach Kleiman talking about needing to change the composition a little bit of the defensive line, Uh, 6'6", 295. Uh, He's played college football down the road at Butler before. What sort of flexibility is he going to give Uh, you know, both Buddy Wyatt and uh, Coach Tui uh, on the defensive line, uh, being able to play maybe that big defensive line uh, spot, maybe inside, maybe outside, and just being a dynamic athlete at that size as well.
0: Yeah, I think as we, you know, as we've kind of evolved in the defense that we run right now, um, we talk about the different body types that that we would like to have for each position. Um, And, you know, Malcolm's kind of a unique guy in the sense that um you know his his size and and his mix of size and athleticism um he can really project to either spot um you know i think situationally we see him uh being able to fit into to either category um and he's a guy that uh when you watch his film you know he can do stuff from the interior he can do stuff out on the edge both you know defending the run and and getting after the quarterback and so when we we're looking at trying to identify guys with a little bit different body type um you know Malcolm was a guy that you know I think defensively they they were dying to have their hands on they didn't really care which uh you know which position he wanted to play um and and he's a he's a little bit ambiguous because of his size and his athleticism you know where he's going to play but he's a guy that can play all over the line um, you know and and if we ever had to you know switch uh, schematically back to a four down defense he could project probably at, at any position along that line as well so uh, really excited for him really excited for the athleticism that he's going to bring you know that's more length in the room um, and you know we couldn't be more excited to have him and again you look at some of the offers he had and
1: I think, uh, and you can you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I, I think it speaks a lot to the history K State has, not only with JUCO programs but junior college programs in the state of Kansas. That hey, we'll be good shepherds of that talent. Uh, how much of that history that K State has with the junior college programs, not only in the state but nationally, did that help with his recruitment?
0: I think I think that helped a ton. Um, you know, I think that helped a ton. I think he saw the the history and success that. Uh, guys in, in his shoes have had coming to Kansas State, and um, you know Malcolm's a guy that you know we were we were on in, in early September. We were trying to figure out you know what our plan was going to be with him. We were trying to figure out you know what the spots looked like with it being a, a smaller class. Um, but he was a guy that that we've recruited probably longer than people realize, um, and I think those relationships pay dividends down the stretch um you know when when you have some some big names kind of throwing their hat into the ring and and you know trying to woo him and and uh turn him and and ultimately sign him at the end of the day those relationships paid off you know we have some uh you know some players and staff members in house that were uh connected uh to him through Butler and so having having those relationships uh in the building helped a ton having the history and success of uh turning junior college players you know into successful uh collegiate players at the power five level i think went a long way and again just the relationships that that we fostered with malcolm and and his family uh you know throughout the entire season i think that was what made the difference at the end of the day for us
1: we spoke at the top of, of guys who had massive senior seasons and one of those guys trey davis down in texas Uh, Again, early on, when I first heard his name kind of popped up, you you look at the recruiting rankings and, you know, some spots didn't have him ranked. And then in the on three final rankings, he ascended into being a top 300 player, a top 45 player in the state of Texas. And then you turn his tape on and you're thinking, oh, I mean, where was this guy hiding? Um, Can you talk about the process of getting him in the fold and and, uh, kind of his rise in his senior season?
0: Yeah, I think the first time that we saw Trey, we, we knew that we were looking at a really explosive athlete and we were able to verify that, um, you know, seeing him play in person this year. Uh, you know, Coach Middleton went and saw him play in a basketball game recently and, and just raved about his athleticism on the court. Um, you know, Trey is a guy that anytime you put the ball in his hand, whether that's, you know, as a returner, handing the ball off to him or, or throwing it, throwing it to him deep. Um, you know, you get the ball in his hand, he's going to make something happen. He's going to find a way to get in the end zone. And so we were really excited about the explosive playmaker that he is, um, you know, see some things athletically with him that uh, he's going to be able to, to make a difference in that room and, and give us a little bit uh, of a different element than, uh, you know, what we've had in the past. And, um, you know, with him, we were uh, monitoring him early on in his senior year. Uh, had had preliminary discussions with him, uh, kind of told him where we were at and and uh, continued to recruit him. And you know I know he initially had, had uh, committed elsewhere. I believe it was the Washington State. Um, but that that was something that we were able to overcome because of the relationships again that that we uh, forged with him and his family early on. And uh, when we were ready to go and and felt comfortable uh, knowing what we were getting. Um, you know, he knew enough about Kansas State to where it was a no brainer for him to come up here, uh, take that visit. And, and, um, you know, it wasn't too long after that that, that we had him in the boat.
1: Yeah. And then another, you know, four star on three top 300 national player, top 50 player in the state of Texas with Jock Spradley Demps. Again, Coach Middleton, he has a type four star wide receivers from down in Texas. Uh, how exciting is it? Uh, you know, n- not just for Spradley Demps, but to have. Both of those guys committed. Coach Middleton's uh, what? Not not even twelve months on on the job and able to make that big of a, sp- a splash. So, uh, you know that recruiting win and both those together was that also say about Coach Middleton? Uh,
0: you know, I think Coach Middleton is is a relentless recruiter. Uh, first and foremost, I mean he is he is always on the phone. He is always evaluating. Um, you know, he's a phenomenal relationship builder. And he's genuine. You know, I think that's uh I think that's pretty transparent when when you get to know him. Um you know, it's pretty evident that when these uh recruits and their families talk with Coach Middleton, uh they understand uh who he is, what he's about, you know, the type of coach that that they're gonna be uh, having the opportunity to work with each and every day. And I think that's attractive to a lot of people. Um, you know, there there's not a lot of BS when it comes to getting to know Coach Middleton. He's a he's an upbeat, positive guy. Brings a lot of energy, and you know specifically with Jaqueous, I think that was something that he was looking for was uh, you know a coach to connect with, you know someone that was going to be a mentor to him and and continue to refine his game uh, with all the little details, little intricacies that go with playing the position. And um, you know we couldn't be more excited about Jaqueous and and his skill set and what he's going to bring to that room. Uh, Him and Trey both, I think, are going to continue to elevate. Uh, that room and and what we're going to be able to do, uh, not just, you know, this upcoming season in 2024, but for many years to come.
1: Before we touch on the next piece of the K-State beef, let's give a shout out to Charlie Hustle. Again, they had that awesome K-State beef NIL shirt. And honestly it's the shirt I wore almost every single game this football season, even if it was under uh, one of the Charlie Hustle crewnecks, I'm not going to mention if I forgot to put it on for a certain game that featured snow. I don't want to take any blame for that uh, for that game uh, in Farmageddon, uh, but it just so happens to be one of my lucky shirts. If you need a new lucky shirt, you're probably not going to get in time for Christmas, but you might be able to get it in time for the K-State Bowl game. So check out charliehustle.com. Or if you're like me and you're in the Kansas City area, head down to the Country Club Plaza and get yourself some new K-State gear from Charlie Hustle. Chuck, I think you would look good. They, they dropped during their 12 days of hustleness a K-State uh, just sweater. It looks like an old varsity sweater from like the 1890s with a big varsity K state underneath it, two white stripes on, on the sleeves. Uh, I bought one for myself. I think I look okay. I think you'd look like a GQ model. They might be putting you on the cover of the k or magazine if you got that. So I, I might I might need to talk to them and get, get you a
0: sweater or two sent to you. Well, you got to let me get a few weeks downstairs with Coach True before you do that, because I don't think I'm looking good in, in anything Charlie Hustle right now. But give me a few weeks with Coach True. I know he can make a big difference. And, uh, you know, shout out Charlie Hustle. They do a phenomenal job.
1: Yeah, I, I probably need to be locked in a dungeon with Coach True for like three or four months and then kind of emerge a new human. Uh, you know, if, if you want if you want something for, you know, the uh, Hearn Fund Auction next year, uh, they probably should say, you know, a, a one-week residency, uh, you know, working out the K-State offensive line and, and see what Coach True could do to a random donor for a week. Uh, they'd probably be tapping out of that one pretty quick. Uh, but body I want to talk true, about...
0: Man, you, you'll be surprised how quickly you can change, Body by True.
1: Dude, I I mean again, you know, I I probably need to ask for a leave of absence and just just work with Coach True, uh, for for a month just to get things jump started. Um, but my Peloton taunts me every time I go down to change my uh, laundry. So, uh, you know, Body by True probably would kick my ass for 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 a bit. Uh, but let's talk about a guy, another guy that Coach True is going to have fun with. Like I said, a homegrown K State beef guy, Caden Massey, um, from Linden, Kansas, 6'8", 270. Again, a, a four star by 247 ranked as one of the uh number 3 player in the state of Kansas uh 247 and ESPN ranked as the number 29 offensive tackle by 247 in the nation again you have you have two of these Kansas guys who you know They're listed as tackles, maybe flexibility to play inside and outside. But this is another one that I think K State fans were pumped about. You have to win a big time recruitment against some, you know, national folks probably look at that recruitment and they're like, how did he end up at K State? How did he not end up here? How did he not end up there? Uh, But I think it says a lot about, you know, what it means to this program and this state uh, to win guys like that. What can you tell us about
0: Mr. Massey? And uh, you know, first off, Caden is is an enormous, enormous human being. Um, and I think when you when you look and and think about you know NFL offensive linemen and and you know probably what they look like coming out of high school, I mean that's that's the frame that this kid has. Um, every bit of six foot eight, you know, we measured him uh, several times. He wanted to get measured every time he showed up. He came to every game this year and he specifically asked to get measured every time he came through we were like Caden we're good we don't need to measure you dude like we we know we know how big you are um but no he wanted to get measured every single time just to see if he'd grown to see if he could say he's six foot nine now um which would be camp-
1: a very nice height by the way
0: yes it would be shout, shout out uh yeah six nine great number um but no uh Caden is uh just a awesome awesome kid and you know, he has uh, a really, really uh, great love for for this program and, and for this university. And again, you know, those are the guys that we're going to win with at the end of the day are the guys that, you know, have a genuine desire to be here. And, you know, throughout his recruitment, um, yeah, we, we had some, uh, I don't want to say uphill battles, but, you know, we had uh, big time competitors for his services and uh, just couldn't be more excited that, that this was where he wanted to play. Um, I think he didn't have any doubts about that. He wanted to go through the process. He wanted to make sure that uh, uh, he was giving everybody a fair look. And, and at the end of the day, he wanted to be a, a Wildcat. So i um, going to be more excited to, to have him in the fold. He's, a again, enormous human being, and he's really athletic out in space. Uh, I think Coach Riley and Coach Drew are going to have a ton of fun, ton of fun uh, coaching him. And uh, he's going to be a guy that is I don't know if i will end up on the left side or the right side, but but he's going to be anchoring down one of those sides in in the coming years. So really excited about him.
1: We'll touch on the the, the final two Kansas kids uh, real quick before we hit rest of the class. John Price is a guy who, who did shut it down pretty quick. And I think he's someone who uh, fans maybe kind of forget about because he was such an early commitment uh, rated as the number two player in the state by ESPN and rivals. Uh, you know, again, a, a 5'11 running back with K with State's kind of history. You know, 5'11 seems big. Uh, you turn on the tape, he had a big year, at, you know, at Blue Valley. Um, what is he going to bring to uh, Coach Anderson's room when he gets on campus?
0: JB man is is an explosive kid. Um, you know, he's a, a powerful runner. He's not a guy that's coming out of high school at, at 200 pounds, but when you watch the film, I mean, he's lowering his shoulder, he's running through arm tackles, he's he's the one that he's the hammer. He's not the nail. Um, he's a powerful runner. He's an explosive athlete. Um, you know, we, we didn't get the opportunity to work with JB in camp. Um, but we have some, uh, we have some ability to, to test and verify game speed. Um, and, and this kid, this kid can go, uh, he can absolutely go. And you talk about getting a guy out in space and, and, you know, having the ability to make one man miss and, and then having the the speed to take it the distance, this kid can be a home run hitter. Um and he's athletic, he can catch the ball. Um he can run in between the tackles. So we we see JB as being a guy that that can do it all. Um I don't think there's anything that uh he lacks in terms of uh size or ability. And uh another homegrown Kansas kid that um you know had had opportunities to go and and you know play at other programs and he wanted to be here um and he's a guy that i think fans are going to get to know in a, in a short period of time because of what he's going to be able to do on the field final kansas
1: kid uh from my hometown topeka not the right high school but you know what uh Maybe there's a couple walk-ons from Washburn Rule you guys can close on, and we'll we'll just leave it at that. that that's what I hope as a Washburn Rule guy. Uh, but Callen Barta from Topeka Seaman, uh, we we got to repay a little favor to our friends up north and flip him from his original commitment. Uh, what was that process like? And I'm always kind of curious, you know. Uh, especially for an in-state guy who, who may make an early commitment elsewhere, uh, do you just kind of stay in his ear and just say, Hey, you know, are you sure you don't want to, you know, come down? Hey, are you sure you don't want to maybe talk a little bit more? Can, can you walk us through the process that was uh Callen's uh, recruitment?
0: Yeah. So you know, with Callen, you know, a uh, few things that, that we touched on earlier are kind of going to come into uh, describing Callen's process. So first off, um, you know, our camp setting, our camp evaluation. Callum came to camp. He worked with us at camp. Um we knew that we were really excited about the type of athlete that he was. And um he came and he tested and man, I mean he he blew us away with with some of the stuff that he did athletically at camp. And then uh talking about this being a smaller signing class. Um, you know, safety was was one of the positions that uh we kind of didn't know what we were going to do um so it wasn't that we didn't like Calen. it's just that we weren't entirely positive that uh we weren't 100% sure that we were taking a safety um you know at, at the time that he came and he camped with us and um you know i think that led obviously to him uh choosing to commit to nebraska and then uh we stayed on him we recruited him um you know he's got some some deep deep ties to Uh, Kansas state. And another guy that really, you know, this is the theme of of this class, especially with these in-state kids is, you know, a guy that really, really wanted to be here. And, you know, when we knew that it was, it was time to go, you know, we had discussions with him. you know, talked about what that process would be like. Um, And it it happened really fast, came together really quick, but Callen's a dude that, um, you know, is incredibly athletic, uh, great linear speed, great change of direction. Um, You know, I think he's got a ton of range in the back end as a safety prospect. You watch what he did, what he does offensively uh, down at Seaman. And uh, another guy that that is just, you know, really athletic with great ball skills. He's a little bit different um, safety prospect than we've signed in the last couple of classes. And and that was intentional. You know, um, some of the guys that we've signed in the last couple of years have been, um, you know, Really short tacklers, you know, maybe more of a a strong safety prototype body, um, whereas Callen's kind of your prototypical free. Um, And so really excited about, uh, you know, the diversity that he's going to bring, you know, to that room, the skill set that he's going to provide. And again, just another Kansas kid, man, that is dying to be here. Can't wait to be here. And uh, uh, Callen is just going to be a a difference maker for us uh, in the couple of years to come.
1: The next guy, and it's the one maybe I'm most excited for, um, state champion, broke all of Christian McCaffrey. Yes, that Christian McCaffrey's records at Colorado when it comes to being the touchdown king of the Rocky Mountain State, rated as the number six dual threat quarterback in the nation at Rivals, the number one player in the state of Kansas, or not Kansas, Colorado, excuse me. Uh, heck no no i'm gonna get i'm gonna get the governor on the phone let's just annex the entire state you know let's let's get the rocky mountains in our state but no the number one player in the state of colorado for both rivals and on three that is blake barnett um again this is a guy uh from my perspective when he committed i was over the moon and, and someone and you can tell me if i'm wrong if he wanted to fish for higher rankings if he wanted to fish for offers after, uh, he committed, he could have gone through the elite 11. He could have done a lot of this stuff that you see, uh, quarterbacks do, but he shut it down once he gave the commitment and we saw he did not waver. Um, when the, uh, you know, quarterback coaching change happened, uh, what can you say about Blake? And then, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much expectations on someone before they even arrive at K state, but, uh, I think he's just going to be the next lineage of, uh, of elite athlete and elite quarterback at that position. And, uh, I know myself and a lot of fans are are anxious and and looking forward to seeing him get to campus.
0: Yeah, you know, first off, uh, Blake is just a phenomenal athlete, Um, 10, 600 meter guy. um, And and that he's doing that. He did that at 214, 215 pounds. Um, So you talk about a guy that, uh, you know, can can really get out in the open field and run. Blake's got the ability to do that. I um, think he's got a tremendous arm. You watch some of the throws that he makes. I mean, he's throwing that ball up to the moon and it's, you know, falling right into the bread basket of the receivers that he's throwing to. Um, so tremendous arm talent, uh, tremendous athlete, you know, and runner of the football. And the biggest thing, uh, biggest compliment that I can give to Blake is, man, uh, kid is a hell of a competitor, hell of a competitor. Um, you know, if if anyone listening to this is unfamiliar, man, Blake played a lot of snaps at safety uh, for Erie this year on that state championship run. And and he was a hell of a safety. Um, You know, he's, he's finding ways to uh, intercept the ball and and make really athletic returns. Um, You know, he's, he's laying the wood, he's laying the hammer, uh, you know, making some, some big open field hits. Um, So Blake, Blake is a winner. He's going to do everything that it takes to win. uh, And, and he cares, you know, he's hyper, hyper, hyper competitive. Um, I think that's what you want in all of your players, but especially a quarterback. Um, so kids, a leader, kids, a winner. Um, and, and those were some of the intrinsic values that, uh, you know, we identified with Blake early on uh, that made him really attractive. You know, as a quarterback specifically, I think he's got, uh, he's got all the tools. Um, you know, he's going to come, he's going to learn how to uh, identify some things pre-snap uh, at the college level. Cause obviously it's going to move a little bit faster uh, at this level than it did in high school, but He's got all the tools. Uh, couldn't be more excited about him. He's going to uh, fit right in. He's and he's a guy that, um, you know, is has got a connection to the program through uh, John Pastore. Those guys were teammates in high school, um, which definitely helps. But uh, Blake's dying to get here and, and he can't wait to be. He's going to be you know, here at mid-year. He's going to be here at semester. Um, so he's dying to get involved and he's chomping at the bit to get in the weight room to uh, you know, start learning the playbook and and he's going to be involved pretty early on. Yeah. And if anyone
1: hasn't seen the highlights from his state championship game, he looked like, you know, Byron Lefwich back in college doing it, you know, second half on one leg. Uh, you talk about that competitor. So I, I'm pumped. And like you said, safety again, I, I'm an amateur, but, but but when I watch some of his tapes, it's like, man, he could have been a power five guy playing defense as well. So that's the exciting oh, part yeah, about him as a quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, so again not done in the state of Colorado so ESPN so you you know these guys might have to argue a little bit ESPN has Jake Stonebreaker as the number one player in the state of Colorado Uh, number two uh, at 247 and again he has a four-star rating with ESPN Uh, first off how great is Stonebreaker for a guy who's going to be laying the wood on defense and then again uh, you know different spots have him uh, you know, slotted at different positions. Some have him at safety, some have him as an athlete. Uh where where do you guys have him slotted on, uh, you know, position wise. And then again, Stonebreaker is the perfect last name for that kid, isn't it?
0: It's a perfect last name. Obviously, it's a great football name. You know, we use the mantra pound the stone here at Kansas State. So, you know, breaking the stone, I guess maybe you have to be the new mantra. But um, no, Jake is a uh, you know, another hyper competitive kid um that everybody we talk to, guys at the school, um, you know, people that he works out with outside of the school, they talk about this kid's work ethic. They talk about how much of a leader he is. Um, and so we knew we were always really excited about Jake. Um you know, didn't know what he was going to be early on, uh, knew that we saw him as a defensive athlete. And then kind of as he, uh, you know, matured and and went through his junior year, um, you know, we knew that we, you know, saw him as a linebacker, uh, specifically, you know, Jake's going to be an outside linebacker for us, um, probably in that Des Pernell role. um, And uh, you, you turn on his film, you know, he's able to provide some pass rush off the edge. He, he's able to, you know, drop into space. He's able to cover guys, man to man. So he's very versatile at that position. Uh, very, very athletic. And um, you know, he's, he's ultra physical, ultra physical. He loves to hit people. And I mean, if you watch it to me, the most exciting thing I think about Jake, when I watch his highlight is not necessarily the plays, that he makes you know during the play it's after the play is over and you see how fired up he is i mean you talk about being able to identify just off the tape you know how much a kid loves the game and jake is a guy that uh there's no doubt in anybody's mind how much he loves to play the game of football and uh for us you know those guys we know that they're not going to have issues Uh, When we get them in the weight room, we know that they're not going to have any issues when it comes to watching tape and and doing the little bit extra that is going to amount to, you know, winning more games when you do that collectively as a team. So the type of of attitude and work ethic that Jake has, I can't say enough about it. And um, he's going to be a really athletic, really violent physical linebacker for us, um, fired up to have him too.
1: All right, before we talk about the final two offensive linemen, let's talk about Condor the Magnificent. That is the beer over at Manhattan Brewing Company, brewed in collaboration with Conor Riley, the offensive line coach, and he will be calling the plays here in a couple weeks, or not a couple weeks, in in a week, seven days from the time folks are listening down at the Pop-Tart Bowl. You can get that at Manhattan Brewing Company. If anyone deserves an ice-cold beer, on today it is you, Chuck, and the entire staff. Uh so, so maybe you guys need to, you know, mosey on down there and see what they have on tap, whether it's Condor the Magnificent, Wabash Ale, Tang Party, if you like something a little sour, towny wheat, 785, all sorts of great beer at Manhattan Brewing Company, brewed for the people of Manhattan by the people of Manhattan. Uh, I got to let you know, we did a show, so the three owners, myself, and then uh, the guy who runs the 1012 network, the podcast network I'm part of, we did a Pop-Tarts and beer pairing episode on YouTube. So if you go and watch it, don't bully me. Don't say anything mean about me. Uh, but the Condor the Magnificent paired with the brown sugar Pop-Tart, not a great pairing. All Both of them by themselves, very elite, not the best pairing. But if you were gonna have to do some sort of beer and pop tart combination, what sort of beer would you want, and what sort of pop tart would you want?
0: That's a that's a really good question. You know, I've I don't think I've ever paired beer with pop tarts. Um, it's the first for us as well. Yeah, you know, uh, I know the Condor is a uh, it's a strong beer. Um, I think it should be illegal for a beer to taste that good and be that strong. But uh, if if I'm pairing the Condor, I'll, I'll stick with the Condor. Right, delicious beer. Very strong. I think if you have enough of those, you could probably eat any pop tart and they're gonna taste good. Um, but if I'm pairing a beer with the condor, I'm probably gonna go with the uh with the strawberry. Probably gonna go with the strawberry. I,
1: I think that's a good call. So we we did tang party because uh you know coach Jerome Tang's favorite Pop Tart was the plain strawberry, not a great Pop Tart, but you not know. the ice
0: strawberry, just the plain Yo, strawberry.
1: He said he said it was just the plain strawberry and it tastes like a saltine cracker with strawberry jam um which the pairing was fine because tang party's a little sour but i think the condor with the frosted strawberry would have been perfect so i'm going to bring you along the next time we do one of these pairings you know uh and, and i'm going to say hey let, let let's see let's see what uh you know mr lily has to say about that um but let's talk about some more beef uh ryan howard um familiar last name, happens to be the bigger, younger brother of, uh, you know, K-State record record holder uh, at quarterback. So he's going to be coming from Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Um, I, I think I've heard enough interviews uh, that, that I've heard Will talk about, you know, his original recruitment trip to K-State. And it was his brother who originally said, hey, man, this is where you need to go. So Ryan Howard then is able to make that happen four years later. Another one where I think some fans, I I think uh, all of us, you know, kind of small brain fans like, Oh, well, you know, his brother's going to you know, do his final year elsewhere. Is is he still going to come? No hesitation from him. I'm excited. You talk about a big guy. You you look at the the picture that went out. I think he was the first one to sign. Um, How excited is Connor Riley and coach true to get, get their hands on the younger Howard brother.
0: Yeah, no, Ryan was the first guy to sign this morning. Uh, obviously, great family. The Howards, um, super excited to have Ryan in the fold. Um, and you talk about another just, you know, mammoth of a human being. Um, you know, Ryan's every bit of a 6'6". Six, six. Um, I think he's probably, you know, in the in the 320s, and um, that's coming out of high school. You know, so, so he really doesn't have uh, a long ways to go in terms of his physical development. Um, but Ryan's a guy that... Um, coming from a really good program, obviously, you know, we know what, um, you know, will where will was kind of mentally, uh, with the game when, when he got on campus. So feel very comfortable about where Ryan's going to be. Um, Ryan's another kid that that loves the game of football. Uh, he loves to compete. Um, he's got a, uh, just awesome personality every time you're around him, man. I mean, it feels like you've, uh, known the kid for a while. And obviously, you know, we have known Ryan for a while, um, but, couldn't be more comfortable with, with him and and with his family. I think, you know, they would echo that same sentiment, just that um, they know exactly what they're going to get uh, in terms of, you know, being at Kansas state. So there was, I don't think ever any doubt in terms of um, knowing that this is the place that that they wanted to be and that this is where Ryan wanted to be. Um, and he had, you know, he had other opportunities, um, you know, both early on. And, and I think, you know, later, obviously in the game, but um, you know, this was always where Ryan wanted to be. And even though he's not a, a Kansas kid, you know, he's kind of a, a, you know, he's a K-State kid, right? Because of Will and because of that relationship. And so Ryan's a guy that is really going to, I think, you know, embody the culture early on because he's kind of been indoctrinated into that, uh, maybe even more so than some of these Kansas guys that have, you know, grown up fans and, and then kind of turned into K-State recruits. You know, later on in in their high school careers, Ryan has has really been exposed to it uh, from an early, early age. And he knows every little detail about what all what this program is all about. So um, Ryan's going to get here. Another guy that's going to get here at semester. um, Really excited about uh, his potential um, and his size and his versatility uh, along the offensive line. And, you know, just he's going to be a guy that's going to be he's going to be tough to move, man. He's a big kid and he's probably only going to get bigger. Um, And so you talk about a guy that is, you know, adding more size and more strength. You know, he's a powerful kid. You know, he's he's hard to move backwards and and it's really hard to stop him if he's moving forward um, and trying to move you out of the way. So powerful kid that's going to come in here and going to be another guy that's making a difference along the offensive line.
1: Another guy, and it's the final offensive lineman, and I think that um, I I said this on the the podcast when he committed originally, and it says a lot about, A, the level that K-State has started recruiting at, and, and B, kind of the expectation for the offensive line room, and that's Kyle Raker's is it Rakers, correct? I'm horrible. Rockers. 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 Okay. Well, John Rock, I mean, Hey, talk about a madman. That's what you want for offensive line, you know, probably no relation to that uh, crazy Atlanta Braves pitcher, but uh, you look at his offer list. It used to be a handful of teams that, you know, 10 years ago, you you think to yourself, Oh, you know, K-State has no shot, just kind of the boogeyman, a boogeyman uh, with some of the recruiting, uh, you know, nightmares from a decade ago but he's coming in in the fanfare it used to be all right parades would have would have been thrown and now it's just like oh man you know some folks even forget about him and i think he might be the most under the radar guy in this class uh what can you tell us about Kyle and, and was he going to bring you know coming down from Iowa we're going to have to you know get him over corn and make him a weak guy of course but uh what can you tell us about Kyle Kyle's
0: uh man just one of the happier kids you'll probably ever encounter, always smiling. Um, don't think he's ever had a bad day in his life. Um, you know, he's, he's a culture fit to a T. He's exactly what we were looking for. And, and um, you know, again, going back to this, being a smaller class, we, we knew that um, with the KT Levisons, with the Cooper Beebies, the Hayden Gillums, the Christian Duffy's, we knew that this would be a bigger class in terms of offensive line. Um, so while you have guys like, Uh, Gus and Caden that you feel are are very safe projections to be true outside tackle bodies. Um, You know, you needed a true interior guy as well. And that, that's what Kyle is. Um, Kyle's very versatile. He's extremely sharp. Um, You know, I think he's got a really good understanding of both the fundamentals and and the big picture with offensive line play at an early age, really good development at the high school that he's at. Um, And Kyle is I think so excited. And again, another guy that just truly wanted to be at Kansas state formed a really good relationship with coach Riley early on. um, And he was one of the leaders, you know, recruiting a bunch of these guys, the, the whole way, um, you know, trying to convince them that, Hey, you know, you really, you want to be at Kansas state, Kansas state is where you want to be. So uh, probably one of the best recruiters that, that we have in the class. Um, But in terms of, of his play and and the player that he is um, again, really, really smart player, very instinctive um, think he's got a, a a very high football IQ and and his base level of, of understanding um, of of both schemes and, and big picture um, is very advanced for a player his age so I think he's going to come in and, and you know not have as big of a mental hurdle. that's typically the biggest thing that guys have to overcome is um, you know the the mental growth from high school to college. Kyle's not going to have as as far to go in, in terms of that. He's a really athletic, really powerful interior offensive lineman that we're really excited about, and, and Kyle's going to uh, you know, probably be a, a contributor uh, along that interior offensive line uh, relatively early in his career. The, the next one I, I believe recently named a Max
1: uh, Preps high school national champion Devon Rice coming from Bishop Gorman uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, when I was talking with Drew Galliv on three – uh, I think I made a joke saying that, you know, you know, Bishop Gorman seven on seven might be able to take some, uh, you know, division one, seven on seven teams. Uh, what can tell us about him? He was, the, I, I believe, the final high school guy. Um, and again, I, I think his level of athleticism, and his skill set pairs very well uh, with, with a two running back uh, class with price. Uh, so how does he fit in with the offense and how excited were you guys to get someone from uh arguably the, the greatest high school football program right now in the nation.
0: Yeah I, I don't think it's arguable you know they're uh, obviously they're state champions they're they're high school national champions. Um, so great program out there at Bishop Gorman but Devon is just a superb athlete um you know a, a do-it- all guy that um, probably not as, uh, you know, powerful in between the tackles like like JB is. But, man, you get him out in space, you get him on the perimeter, um, he's going to give defenders a lot of issues. Um, He's got really good wiggle. Um, His ability to catch the ball and and make things happen after the catch is exceptional for, you know, a a young player like himself as a running back. Um, And just his speed and uh, his speed to take it the distance is – is a parent, every time he touches the ball. Um, so explosive athlete, explosive playmaker, a guy that, you know, again, is just going to be a weapon for us offensively. Um, when, when we get that kid, the ball in space, um, he's just another tool that coach Anderson's got in his room and, and that this offense has to work with. And, you know, you pair him with, um, you know JB and in, in that running back class and and some of the guys that we have out on the perimeter with Josh and Trey you know we got we have offensive weapons um that are probably a little bit different than people are accustomed to seeing in in uh recent recent memory
1: the the next one i wanted to talk about getting up into minnesota and it, and it's another guy that uh you guys were able to stay on and flip from original commit in uh uh Zashon Rich i, I believe uh, multi-sport athlete again, someone who who maybe could have you know been playing college ball, you know playing basketball, running track, another big-time athlete listed as a corner. I, I imagine that'd probably be where you guys want to keep him. Uh, I won't put words in your mouth, but what can you say about him? And again, is this just a, another example of a big-time scouting win for you guys to maybe see someone who who uh, has that athletic ability and put it really on tape uh, in his senior year?
0: Yeah, uh, Zayshon is a guy that uh, come from the high school that he comes from. You know, I know Coach Climan and, and uh, a bunch of the guys that came from NDSU. You know, they have relationships there, and um, that was a that was a school that that they made some hay with it, at NDSU. Um, so he was a guy that uh, you know we knew about as a junior. Um, liked his tape. Wanted to know a little bit more about him. Recruited him down to camp. We got him to camp. He did uh, you know, he tested off the charts athletically. Um, and he was he measured in it, I believe it was 6'1, 184. Um, so he's got the size, you know, he's got the athleticism. Uh, we told him that we wanted to kind of make it through the camp circuit, see where we were at, um, and you know, probably still continue to see a first, you know, two games, three games of his senior film. Um, because the last thing that we want to do is, is issue out an committable offer. So um, we told him where we were at, he was totally good with it. And then, um, you know, everything lined up in terms of seeing him in person, evaluating him here at camp, you know, watching his senior film. And, and we knew that that was our guy. And uh, you know, we recruited him the whole way. We, we forged relationships, even though we didn't have that, he didn't have that offer at the time. Uh, you know, Again, that was the case with Callen. That was the case with, uh, you know, even even Devon, you know, getting on him early in his senior year. Um, but told Zayshawn that, uh, you know, here's where we're at. You know, we really like you. You've, you've done everything that we've asked you to do. Um, now just be patient with us. And he did exactly that. And when it was time for, for us to go and, and bring him down here, uh, I think he he loved every part about the visit. We answered any questions that him and his family had. And he was ready to be a cat. So it was awesome. It all came together. Final high school guy. And then we have one more junior college
1: uh, pickup. Boone Morris, who, if folks don't realize, this guy, I, I've never seen the tackle numbers that this guy has. If you, if you turn on his huddle, if you turn on any highlights that he posts on Twitter or X, uh, this guy literally is sideline to sideline. He is goal line to goal line. I've never seen a high school kid track so much ground. Uh, at the linebacker spot. Um, is this guy going to, you know, you know, have like 3000 tackles before his career's done. I mean, have you ever seen anyone rack up the tackles like that? Yeah, he, he might, he might be setting
0: some records, but no, Boone's a guy that um, kind of an interesting story with Boone. So Boone was um, initially he was playing defensive end when we first got on him. Um, and so we invited him up to a game uh, in the 2022 season Uh, He came up and he was he was a little bit uh, smaller than, uh, you know, what we were thinking and hoping that he might be. So we kind of told Boone, like, hey, what we're doing with the defensive end spot. You're not a defensive end. You know, we think you're productive. We think you're really athletic. Um, We're going to need to see you uh, do some things at, at linebacker. And so we were just very upfront and honest with with where we were with him. I think he him and his family appreciated that they they loved the visit. Um, and you know, he went back and he continued to play defensive then his junior year, pretty much up until the last two games, I think. And then, uh, he started playing linebacker. I I think there were probably some other programs telling him and, and his coach, uh, the same thing that we were telling him. Um, so had a, had a really good feel for what we thought Boone uh, you know was gonna be as a linebacker wanted the opportunity to work with him in camp didn't get that opportunity but then you know continued to stay on him continued to recruit him and and get to know him and allow him and his family to get to know us um and then when that senior film came along um you know and and he was playing linebacker full-time um it was it was everything that that we were hoping it would be and more and uh you know he was ultra productive as a, as a defensive end racking up a ton of sacks uh, in his sophomore and junior year. And then, um, you know, as, as a senior just showing his athleticism at the linebacker position, typically, you know, from a scouting and evaluation portion, it kind of works the other way around, right? You know, you have a guy that maybe isn't quite athletic enough to play linebacker and they wind up moving down and putting their hand in the ground as a defensive end, you know, Boone, was obviously, you know, the the inverse of that. And you very rarely ever see that work out, but, um, you know, he's got the athleticism and the, and the tenacity uh, and, and the, you know, football acumen, the IQ um, to, to see everything, read and react to it. Uh, you know, very smart football player, very instinctive player. Um, and he's exactly what, what we were looking to get in a high school linebacker in this class. Um, you know, he's going to play on the inside for us and we think he's a a guy that, you know, both from his, uh, size and and his production and his athleticism is going to be a a major contributor for us in in the future.
1: Then the final, uh, guy who, who's part of the official signing day stuff today, Dante strap Thomas, again, amazing nickname, uh, coming from Southwest Mississippi community college. Uh, you know he has his profile out there as a corner, uh, but he he looks like a safety to me. Uh, the, I mean he he looks like a guy who probably should have been playing you know back in the '90s, uh, back when rules might have been a little bit different. He scares me, and I haven't played football since 2010. Um, he, he he is I mean again one of the most violent uh, football players I've seen for a sport that is very violent. So what can you tell tell us about him? And and then he was the final. A piece of the recruiting class I believe he gave his verbal commitment yesterday signed today uh, so what can you tell us about him
0: yeah you know Dante's a guy that we got on late you know he was uh, uh, a guy that kind of you know surfaced for us late in the process um, you know we reached out to him to kind of see where he was at we were able to visit with him you know during the December recruiting period get to know him um you know get to know his family and and you know have those preliminary discussions and and things materialized for us pretty quick he came in on a visit um you know the last weekend that that he was able to do so um you know we got around him we talked some ball with him um watched some film and like you said i mean he's he's a violent kid he's not the uh he's not the biggest safety that you're going to come across but but he is violent he's going to throw every ounce of his body in there and You know, I think we felt very comfortable with where Dante was at uh, from a physical standpoint and in terms of what we were looking for to uh, try to finish off that, uh, you know, safety position Um, and we feel very comfortable and, and very confident in Dante's ability to come in here at semester uh, you know, learn what we're doing schematically and, and find a way to contribute. And uh, he's going to be a guy that, again, you know, you're going to see some helmets popping off of dudes because of how he throws it in there. It's, it's awesome to watch guys be, uh, you know, physical and, and, you know, really throw their body into another dude's chest and not just, you know, dive and, and uh, swipe their arms at ankles. So he's exactly what we want uh, in terms of being a physical safety and you know we know that he's going to be able to tackle guys for us.
1: Definitely. Well, th- that's all signing day. I-, I know we have three transfers in already uh, I, I, you know, I won't ask for specifics about, you know, more, more stuff you guys are going to be looking for, but with the three, you guys have already brought in, uh, if you look at, you know, some of the competition it took to get them in. And if you look at some of the folks who try to rate folks in, in, in the transfer portal, seems like you have three pieces that are going to be ready to hit the ground running, you know, in January and be up to speed, you know, because before you know it, I, I guess what the, the first game will be August 31st, I think this upcoming year or, uh, you know, it's one of those years where the the season will start in August. So it, it'll be here before you know it. And all three guys look to be, uh, you know, folks who can step in and play right away. Um, so, you know, what would you see? And, and again, I, I think you said earlier, you can talk about by name. Uh, you know, we had uh, Easton Kilty, Jordan Riley Scott and Travis Bates. Uh, what would you see from those three guys uh, when you started scouting the portal? And what are they going to bring to the team?
0: Yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll go in order um, in terms of, of when those guys committed. So, um, you know, first off with, with Eason, um, we knew we were going to be in the market for uh, kind of an older offensive lineman, uh, specifically a guy that could play uh, tackle for us. Um, Eason's a guy that um, had a lot of success at uh, North Dakota, and obviously our, our staff has uh, a really high appreciation for players that have made it happen at the FCS level. And uh, Eason's a guy that is tremendously athletic. He's got great ability to bend. Um, You know, he's really been productive in his time at University of North Dakota. And, um, you know, I don't think we were quite aware at the time of of where, you know, people evaluate other, the, you know, media industries evaluating the portal, uh, you know, saw him and had him ranked, but we knew that he was um, the guy that we wanted. It uh, materialized quick, and, and it's it's tough to uh, plan out the timing of transfer visits. Uh, but he was a guy that really didn't want to go through the recruiting process again. And so he made some visits. Uh, he came in to us on, on the weekend. Um, it was that first weekend that we were able to have transfers in, and uh, we were a little afraid that you know maybe not being the last touch might hurt us, but he was ready to get it over with. Um, saw, saw that this was the place that he wanted to be and, uh, you know, came together pretty quickly for us and and Easton. So it was great to have him, um, you know, again, a guy that's just been ultra productive at the FCS level for a long time. It's going to bring a lot of experience, um, to wherever he slots into and is a guy that, you know, we're going to, we're going to count on and going to need him to be able to play this year. Um, second one is Travis Bates, um, defensive end coming from Austin P uh Travis we felt like was probably not probably we, we felt like Travis was the best defensive end in the portal both from an ability standpoint um you know what he does athletically as well as what he was coming from in terms of a scheme fit and how they ran their defense at Austin P you know there's uh some other guys out there that You know, playing in a four down, maybe ultra productive, maybe, you know, athletically were, uh, you know, what we were looking for. But Travis is a guy that we were uh, extremely, extremely high on. And again, another guy that I don't I thought we thought he was kind of flying under the radar. I guess he's like a top 10 or 12 defensive lineman in the portal. Yeah, and Um, made some freshman All-American lists as well. So, I mean, he has all the accolades you could want. He'll steal, you know, some freshman All-American list team. But, um, yeah, no, Travis was a guy that, um, you know, had the size that we were looking for, extremely high motor, extremely high motor. I mean, doesn't take a playoff, gives you everything he has on every play, uh, pretty advanced level of uh hand usage for a younger guy because you got with uh you know easton easton's got a year left right so easton is an older guy um whereas travis travis redshirted his first year um and then he played this year so travis is a guy that's got three years left um so travis is almost like signing the high school guy in that sense but um very advanced uh you know hand usage for a younger player um, high motor, really good ability to to come off the edge and provide a pass rush um, and just really strong at the point of attack, defending the run. So in terms of what we're asking our defensive ends to do schematically, um, perfect fit in that sense, great athleticism. Um, and again, the guy that's that's got three years left, so couldn't be more excited about, you know, having uh, a long time to work with with Travis and, and how he can contribute for multiple years going forward. Um, And then lastly, another one-year guy um, in Jordan coming from ball state, um, you know, so all three of these guys, right. Are are coming from a lower level. And I think that's been a huge emphasis of ours um, is trying to find guys that have been productive at a lower level that are looking to take that next step in the portal. Um, You know, Jordan's a guy that you watch his film from, uh, 2022 and, and what he was doing against Penn State. And then you watch film from, I believe it was the first game this year, they're playing Georgia and the things that he was able to do against Brock Bowers, um, both in terms of coverage and, and getting that guy to the ground. I mean, uh, Brock's, Brock's an incredibly difficult. You watch it week in, week out in terms of, uh, you know, given opposing defenses nightmares, you know, trying to cover him, trying to get him to the ground um, and, and Jordan, Jordan never hesitated. And, uh, he's a fearless competitor. Um, really, really good open field tackler, uh, has the ability to cover. And, and we felt like he was a guy that was going to be able to come in and make a difference for us, uh, in the back end as, as a safety. So all three of those guys, we couldn't be more excited about, um, all three of those guys, you know, are, are going to contribute all three of those guys are going to play this year. Um, and I think, you know we're not quite done in the portal yet but um you know the the remaining spots that that we do have you know are are going to uh help to make sure that this 2024 team is as competitive as possible and so you know you look at the signing class as a whole you look at some of the things that we're doing in the transfer portal um you know i, I got the even though I don't pay attention to it. I got the, the, you know, ratings written down right here, two, four, seven, we were the 61st national class today. Uh, rivals, same thing on three, we're, you know, number 54 national. Uh, and, and we're, you know, a little bit down there in terms of where we rank in the big 12. So the one challenge that I have to any fan that's listening to this, that's maybe questioning, Hey, why aren't we higher in the rankings? You know, you talked about that, that average score for players. and And just remember it's, it's, you know, the more players that you sign, the higher your, your rating is. So we had a smaller signing class, um, but man, just turn on the tape. Watch the guys that we did sign. If you turn on the tape and you watch the guys that we signed and, and don't pay attention to the number that's next to our logo, you're going to be really excited. So everybody that we signed in this 2024 class today, um, the transfers that we do have in the boat and, you know, the the guys that are are still coming um, you know, all those guys are, are going to make this team, this program, this university better, um, both in 2024 and, and for years to come. So. Well, I'm I'm pumped. I'm even more pumped
1: after our conversation than I was. Uh, I, I appreciate all the time you gave me uh, w- w- when you said, you know, you know what, I, I can I can go go an hour. I, I, maybe you didn't think you, you'd be talking to me as long as you did, but I appreciate all the time you gave me, gave the boneheads and what you're putting in at K-State's. Um, So so be sure to tell Taylor we say hi, uh, tie his shoelaces together, play a practical joke (laughs) or something on them and and give our best to to everyone who made this class happen, because I'm pumped about it. Um, I'll give you a chance to say anything you'd like to the boneheads. That's the fans of our show. And then any K-State fan who decides that they're going to listen to this episode. And uh, then I'll let you get back on with your afternoon.
0: Yeah, no. uh, First off, appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody's support. It's uh, it's a great time, great time to be a Kansas State fan. Um, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, show up down in Orlando. We have the best fan base when it comes to you know, traveling to opposing or neutral site games. Um, so show up in Orlando. Uh, if you can't find a way down there, then, you know, make sure you watch us on TV. I think you're going to be excited about what you see. Um, you know, we're in the midst now that we're, you know, finally finished with signing day and, and some portal visits and things like that. You know, we're finally able to fully turn our attention to NC state. So December 28th, it's going to be an exciting game. Make sure to tune in or or get there. If you can, uh, appreciate your time, Scott, and thank you and go cats. I love it. All right. Well, that's all we have
1: for this episode. Tomorrow on Friday, you guys will hear my top 10 games of 2023 in the top five that I'm looking forward to in 2024. So for Chuck, for Chauncey, who's looking at me, I think he wants his lunch. The best dog in the world. You're a good boy. To all the K-State fans, we love you guys. Merry Christmas and go Cats.
0: Merry Christmas, go Cats. (laughs) Go Cats.
1: Just nuts, rosy, young, and open fire
0: Check the frost nipping edge, you're no
1: Utah carols being sung by a
0: So so warm, so, oh, 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 oh. helps to make the season
1: bright. Tiny tots with their eyes.
0: Podcast Network.